everything you need to know in order to succeed in marriage. From practical advice to current events, this is the EXO Podcast. Now here's your host, Brent Evans. Hey everybody, this is the EXO Podcast. We are here again talking about marriage and how you can thrive in life and love and all of your relationships. Hey, we're in Houston, Texas. This is our fifth tour stop of the year. We're at the EXO Conference here at Grace Church and we're having a great time. Caitlin and Ashley are with me here today as well. We're excited to be here. So you run all of our conferences. Yes. You are the backbone to our EXO conferences. Not individually, but with our great team. Yes, we pull off these conferences. And so tell me about uh, the fifth tour stop, Houston, Texas. Yeah. What does it look like for the... We're so excited to be back in Houston. It's our third year to have a conference here. Uh, so we have 1,300 people, uh, 16 different states represented, even someone from Dubai, which we're wow. really excited about. That's a global audience. Uh, so it's always fun to bring the conference locally to people so they can attend in their own backyard. So Houston's always a pleasure. Good. My dad's talking right now, Jimmy Evans, and he is uh, going to have two sessions back-to-back, then Miles McPherson, then we have Dave and Ashley Willis in this afternoon. They'll have two, two sessions, and then also the pastors here, Garrett and Andrea Booth, mm-hmm. are going to be doing their thing this afternoon. It's a great conference. Good lineup. And uh, we were in Jacksonville, Florida last weekend. We've just had a great time meeting a lot of couples mm-hmm. who are in all seasons of life, and we enjoy seeing them build a stronger marriage through the EXO conferences. Mm-hmm. And so the EXO podcast today, we're actually going to have Dave and Ashley Willis. They'll be joining us for an interview here in a few moments, and we'll be talking to them. What I want you to do right now is check out this clip from Dave and Ashley, and we'll be right back. There are so many scriptures in the Bible that relate to marriage. I think sometimes we make the mistake of thinking that if the word marriage isn't in the Bible verse, then it isn't about marriage. But we believe that from Genesis to Revelation, every scripture applies to our marriage. There's no more practical place to live out your faith than in your marriage. And so here is one of the verses that we cling to that we think paints a picture of the way God wants us to live out our faith in our marriage. That's right. It's in Ephesians chapter four, verses two and three. It says, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. And we're actually going to talk about peace this morning, peace in your marriage. And, you know, I think a lot of times we don't talk about peace because we figure we can't have it. We think we're in a world that's just too crazy, life is too busy, that we just cannot have peace. But that, that is just not true. In fact, peace is a gift of the spirit. And God wants us to have that in our lives and in our marriages. That's right. And I think so often we settle for something far less than peace. We get in this cycle into this storm where it just seems like we're, we're bringing out the worst in each other instead of the best in each other. And, and this has happened in our marriage before. There have been times oh, where yeah. we've got kind of stuck in this cycle yes. and it's more negative than positive. Oh, yes. So this doesn't necessarily, this story doesn't paint me in a a wonderful light, but I want to share it with you all because hopefully you can relate to this. So many years ago, probably, I don't know, seven or eight years ago, we were in the process of moving. We were moving across state lines. And and if you've ever moved with young children, you know how stressful that can be, right? Going to the Walmart with young children is terrible. So like moving across the country, it's, it's traumatic. It is traumatic. And so, you know, normally when I go to a new house, I love getting a house together. I love picking out all the decor. I love doing all that kind of stuff. But this was kind of a particularly hard move. And Dave's job was kind of stressful. At the time, we have four boys right now, ages 13 to three. 
But at this time, we only had two boys, and they were ages, I think, four and two, and it was just really stressful. And so we had just moved into this house, and trying to get it together, and just not feeling it. And that particular morning, I decided to install a curtain rod. And so I'm up on this ladder, and the kids are kind of, you know, watching TV. I'm using that time, trying to put up this curtain rod. I'm, I'm climbing up the ladder, kind of huffing and puffing, feeling sorry for myself. And in walks Dave in his workout clothes, and he's happy. And he's like, hey, sweetie, what's going on? And I'm like, I'm just putting up this curtain rod. And he's like, oh, how's it going? And I said, fine. And I didn't mean fine. If it had been a cuss word, that's probably what I would, I mean, it was kind of like a cuss word. Honestly, it's like the F word in our house, if you know what I'm saying. So like, I wasn't fine. It is, literally. Um, and Dave, you know, he's like taking me literally. And he says, okay, well, I'm going to go on a run. Well, and I, I made the mistake of thinking that she was fine. Because whenever someone asks me how I'm doing... As a man, like, hey, Dave, how are you? If I say fine, guess how I am? I'm fine. fine. Yeah. But as, as a naive husband in this situation, there were a lot of signals she was sending that I was missing. Yes. And I thought to myself, if I didn't know better, I think maybe she isn't fine, but she said she is. So That's right. That's right. Strike one. I, I know. So Dave goes on this run, and you all, I don't know if you're as crazy as I am, but I started having an argument with Dave that I was totally winning in my head as I was going up that ladder and kind of wrangling this curtain rod. And I'm like thinking to myself, how dare he not help me? I mean, yeah, I told him I was fine and everything, but how dare he not help me? And how dare he go on a run and feel so good and feeling those endorphins going? I bet he's having such a great time on his run while I'm in here installing this curtain rod. And so I'm like going back and forth in my mind with Dave and winning for like 30 minutes. So by the time he gets home, I am just enraged, okay? So he walks in that door, and he has the glow, you know, and he's happy. Oh, I felt amazing. It was magical. I know. And anyway, he looks at me, and he's like, oh, sweetie, hey, whoo, had a good run. He said, oh, the curtain rod's not up yet. And I said, no, it isn't. And he just looks like he's looking right now. It's a look that I have a lot, like where you're not sure what you're supposed to say, but anything could be the wrong thing. And I start replaying the whole situation kind of back in my head. Yes. And it's kind of like when you, if you've ever seen the movie The Sixth Sense with Bruce Willis, the first time I watched that movie, I got to the very end and all of a sudden it all clicked and I'm like, oh my gosh, he's been dead the whole time, right? That's how I felt in this moment. I replayed the whole thing in my head from the time that she said she was fine until now and I'm like, oh my gosh, I've been dead the whole time. And I had no idea because I totally missed the situation. And and the reason why I'd missed it, just to kind of give you some backstory, I guess, is that a lot of times she, Ashley is so good at doing a lot of things around the house that typically, stereotypically, you would think a man would do. She grew up in a house with a dad who could do anything. Like the show MacGyver is loosely based on her dad's life. Like he could build it, he could fix it, he could do it. So she thought all men were like this. He taught her how to do a lot of this stuff. You know, and my dad and I would play ball, but we, he wasn't handy. I'm not handy. I'm terrible with tools to the point where the boys refer to all the tools in our house as mommy's tools. True story. They do. I like tools. One day we were at Sears walking by the craftsmanship section with all the tools, all these big bearded tattooed men. And my five-year-old boy looks at him and says, daddy, why are all these men looking at mommy stuff? (laughs) True story. story. You, You can like have my man card. So 
Our house has a lot of like holes in it from times I've tried to help with curtain rods and different things. And it I did thought, have holes. It did. But maybe catch those maybe she just didn't. And she's so sweet. She's like, oh, honey, that's nice. I'll fix it. I'll fix what you tried to fix. She's so good <laughs> at like so many things. I have a very limited skill set. You know, I, I, I can do trivia. I can uh, talk. Um, it's, but it's limited. She can do all this stuff. And so a lot of times she just runs with it and it's awesome. But this was one of those times she needed my help. I misread what she was wanting. She maybe miscommunicated what she was wanting, and oh, it created this storm where both of us ended up feeling frustrated. It did. It did. Because you all, like, we tell our kids, use your words, right? If our, if our child's throwing a tantrum, we say, use your words, okay? But here I am literally throwing a tantrum, and I'm not using my words. I wasn't telling Dave what I wanted or what I needed. I told him I was fine. And so for me to expect him to help me and read my mind and read my body language, that's literally like a toddler, okay? And that's ridiculous. And it just leads to madness. It leads to madness. And that's exactly where we were. So I like practically turned my head around like the exorcist at Dave when he comes home from, I mean, seriously, I was like, what? You know, and he comes home from his run. She was still and pretty. I, I, <laughs> she was. So I like, and then instead, you know, the exorcist, she like spews vomit. I spewed word vomit on Dave. And I was like, I cannot believe you. I can't believe you went on that run. I hate it here. I hate this move. The kids were acting terrible. I don't want to put this up. And I just start complaining. And, and there is no peace to be found, okay? And I was perpetuating the problem because I wasn't using words and telling Dave how I really felt before blowing up on him. And I think, you know, I want to tell this story because I think so many of us, we do this all the time. We expect our spouse to read our mind and we think we can read their mind. I mean, I honestly, you all, when I got married, I really thought that Dave was just going to become kind of a professional mind reader of mine and that we loved each other so much that there would just not even have to be words a lot of the time. And, you know, the longer I've been married, the more I find out that that is just ridiculous. (laughs) That I've got to tell Dave what's on my mind and heart, and I need to tell him what I need and what I'm feeling. And when I do that, that's where peace is going to happen. But in that particular moment, during that stressful move, you know, we had a lot of, we were looking for peace those days. We didn't know where peace was, and and it was so frustrating. And so we're going to talk about how we get ourselves in that cycle of not having peace in our homes. That's right, because I think that with good intentions, very often, we, we find ourselves in this kind of cycle where frustration just creates more frustration, and miscommunication creates more miscommunication, and before you know it, you're, you're, you're landed in what we refer to as an F5 marriage tornado, where you're just caught in this cycle, this cyclone, and you don't know how to escape it. Now, in all of nature, there's no storm that's more powerful than an F5 tornado, a five on the Fujita scale of tornadoes. We know this because, not to brag, but we're basically tornado experts. And the reason why we're tornado experts is because more than once, we've seen the classic 1990s film, Twister, which explains all of this in great detail. So you can trust what we have to say. We've also ridden the Twister ride at Universal Studios. We're practically meteorologists. And so, applied to, to your marriage... We've, we've created what we call the F5 marriage tornado. It's five factors. It all starts with, that, with that, the letter F, which makes it the F5. And one builds to another, builds to another. And before you know it, you're just caught in this cycle, this cyclone. And you, neither one of you know how you got there. And you don't know how to escape it. And here are the five factors. We'll run through them quickly, and then we'll kind of unpack these one at a time. It starts with the frustration. That's the top of the cyclone. That's what, what Ashley had that day. She was frustrated oh, yeah. with me. And that leads to number two, false assumptions. When we're frustrated, we don't see the situation clearly, and we tend to make false assumptions about what our spouse is thinking or doing or their motives. Instead of assuming the best in them, we tend to assume the worst. That leads to fatigue. 
right? Or actually, that leads to, to fighting. Excuse me, number three is fighting. And you're going to have that, that conflict. And that conflict is naturally going to make you tired. That leads to fatigue. And then the fifth one in this, which can potentially be the most dangerous, is that leads to fantasizing. You start imagining a different life where you escape through different kinds of fantasy that we'll talk about. And where does that lead? It all leads right back to the top. You're frustrated again. But with every rotation around that cyclone, it gets more intense and more exhausting. And the next thing you know, you can find yourself in a place where you feel like, I don't know how we got here, but things just feel hopeless. That's right. You know, in any one of these parts of the tornado, you can camp out there for a long time. You know, you might be in a season in your marriage right now where it's just fighting all the time. Like no matter what your spouse says to you, you feel like it's going to, it's negative. Like it it takes on a negative tone because all you can see is the negative and you feel like they're always wanting to pick a fight. So then you pick a fight back and it just goes back and forth and it's a really hard place to be. And then like Dave said, finally, you kind of reach that point where maybe you're just tired of fighting, but maybe you don't have enough energy to get help. So you just kind of sit in fatigue for a while. And you know, if you, when you sit in fatigue for a while, it can lead to apathy. And that's a really, really dangerous place to be. And that's how you end up fantasizing. Because then you're like, I don't, I don't know if I want this life with my husband. Like maybe nothing bad happened. Like maybe nobody's cheated or anything like that. Maybe, maybe one of you is you know, going to cheat. Like maybe that's where the fantasizing leads. But even if there's nothing like that going on, you can sit and fantasize about a life with someone else. I mean, I think we live in this social media time, which can be awesome. You know, social media is a wonderful thing, but it can go really bad when you start looking up old flames from high school and from college. And then you connect with that person and you think he or she gets me. I should have married that person. I wish I had a life with that person. And we start fantasizing about a life that is not our own. And we just kind of leave our marriage behind mentally and emotionally. And that's a dangerous place to be. And it only leads back to more frustration. And like Dave said, it keeps on getting worse and worse and worse the longer we stay in this marriage tornado. That's right. And the most critical step in this process is what you do with frustration. And at the end of this, we're going to talk about the, the marriage peace plan, how to take that frustration and lead it somewhere positive. But the first step, the first step in that was, was false assumptions. And I think that yeah. so often what we do when we're frustrated is we assume the worst in our spouse instead of the best. We, we assume that they don't care as much as we do. We assume they're not as invested as we are. We assume that they're not wanting the best in us or we become experts in the things they're doing wrong. So, so much so that we don't see the things they're doing right. And we convince ourselves that we're just seeing reality the way that it is. But we all have blinders on that we don't realize. We all think we're good at seeing reality the way that it is, but we all have blinders on. In fact, we're going to do a little, a little contest right now to see who's more perceptive, you or your spouse. Look at your spouse and say, I'm going to win. The, the women sounded more confident. That's, that's the guys are like, I know I'm not going to really win. Good. This seems like a trap. <laughs> all right. Well, here, here's, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you five seconds. Five seconds to look around this room. And in five seconds, I want you to mentally catalog every red item you see. It could be a red shirt. Not yet. Some of you are cheating. Jesus cheat. sees you cheating in church. You need to wait until I say go. So when I say go, look around, start looking for red things. Red purses, red shoes, red hats, red exit signs. And then when I say stop, we're going to stop. You got to close your eyes because this is the only way we can get an accurate score for how perceptive you really are. Ready, go. One, two, look for red, look for red, 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 and stop. Close your eyes, close your eyes. Now we grade it out loud. Here's how we grade it with your eyes closed. I want you to out loud say everything you just saw that is the color blue. And it's almost all completely silent, isn't it? Now open your eyes. Where's blue? I'm wearing blue. Yes. I did not make this shirt magically turn blue. I didn't make these lights magically turn blue. There's more blue than red and you didn't see it. And the reason why you didn't see it is the reason why we don't see most things. It's because you were looking for something else. 
Jesus said, seek and you will find. The opposite of that has to be true too. Whatever you're not seeking, you're not likely to find. If you make it your mission to look for everything your spouse is doing wrong, it is all you will see. If you make it your mission to look for every flaw in your spouse, you will see nothing else. But if you start to try to become their encourager, if you start to celebrate things in them, to praise things within them, I'm telling you, those things are going to be a whole lot bigger. But we've got to train our minds and our hearts to get there. Hey, this is the EXO Podcast. We're coming back to you from EXO Houston. We're live here. We're having a really good time with a lot of couples. We've got David Ashley Willis with us, though, today on the podcast. Hey, guys. Hey guys. It's great to be here. You just watched a clip from them, and I just want to say that I am honored every time we're with them because they're now part of the Marriage Day team, and I feel like I've just gotten the team's grown but in a, such a good way y'all are awesome awesome <laughs> marriage this is a hug moment communicators thank you for a hug doesn't it just feel like you can relax when they're up here it's like oh it's Dave and Ashley we Dave got and it. Ashley so welcome wow. guys to the podcast again thank you thank and you. And, to, yeah. and to the family like we are so excited truly to be part of the marriage today team we're we just are. thrilled we yes. y'all have two sessions this afternoon um I want you to talk about those real quick, but y'all are going to be doing the vow renewal ceremony this afternoon as well. And my dad, my dad had to go back to Dallas to preach for Robert, Pastor Robert Morris, and uh, y'all have done a great job of bringing another element to the conference today. But talk about your sessions you're doing this afternoon. Well, our first session, we're going to be talking about the marriage peace plan because we think there's so many marriages that are lacking in peace, that are struggling, and just kind of at this point of apathy because there's just no peace. And so we're going to talk about, you know, what happens to get us in that in that state. And we like to refer to that as kind of the F5 marriage tornado. So we're going to unpack that. But we also want to talk about, well, how do we, if we're caught kind of in that storm of not having peace, how do we get back to a place of peace in our marriage? Good. You want to say something? I, I don't think I can improve on that. <laughs> so. so that's the first session. And then we have the booths in between. And then y'all have the sex session, the love talk. Um, talk about that. Why don't you talk about that one, sweetie? <laughs> yeah, so... Th- in the second session, it's, it's going to build on um, what we did at, at Gateway this year. We'll add a little bit of new content as well, but it is essentially about how the strongest marriages have both a priority of having a strong friendship and also they prioritize their sex life. So it'll be a lot about sex, um, but not sex in a vacuum because in marriage, sex doesn't exist in a vacuum. And the couples that we believe that have the most thriving sexual intimacy also have the strongest friendship with each other. And so we're going to talk about what does it really look like to be best friends with your spouse while also prioritizing that gift of sexual intimacy that God gave to a husband and a wife. So it'll be a lot of fun. Good. If you have a question for Dave and Ashley, we're going to be asking them some questions in this segment. So get those ready. And I like to give them the hardest questions that I possibly can. (laughs) Like really hard theological or bedroom or (laughs) bedroom weird questions. Yeah. What's the weirdest question? Go ahead. Oh, no, I want to know what I want to know the answer to that. The weirdest question. What's the weirdest question y'all have ever been asked about marriage? I'm trying to think. Oh man, uh, we have been I don't know if we can say it on the air. Uh, we we heard some we heard some crazy stuff. We have. But, we have. but you you ask whatever you want and we'll do our best to, to this tackle it. This is a safe it. space. It is. Yes. <laughs> no, but you guys have been writing a lot of articles lately for Marriage Today. You've got a lot of great content, but recently you each put one out, one t- geared towards wives, one geared towards husbands about three things or some phrases that your spouse wants to hear that specifically men need to hear and specifically women need to hear. Could you talk about those just a little bit? Sure. 
Yes, because, you know, I think so many times, like, like the longer we're married, we kind of forget that we need to still be fostering our marriage. We forget that we need to be dating our spouse and encouraging our spouse. And we get, kind of get caught up in the business of life, especially if you have kids and busy jobs. And so like things that we want to hear as far as for the wives, I know I love it when Dave is really specific about what he loves about me. Mm-hmm. Like he'll say, Ashley, I love it when you laugh or Ashley, I love it when you get this look on your face because you're excited or whatever. And I just think, you know, we can say, I love you a lot, but when we are specific about what we love about our spouse, it just, it means so much more. Shows they notice. Exactly. You see me, you see the the small things, the details. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And and for guys, you know, we we think a lot of this comes down to love and respect that, that wives more than anything else want to feel captivating. They want to know that their husband would choose them all over again. And so got, we need to be aware of that. And, and men want to feel capable. We want to think that our wife believes that we're the man and that she trusts in our judgment and believes we can do anything and, and respects us in that way. And it, I, the most confident guys are guys who believe their wife believes in them. But men who feel like nothing they ever do is good enough for their wife, um, man, it just crushes their soul. And so something that wives can do is just speak words of life. And you're so amazing at this. Um, so thank you publicly, but <laughs> well, you're so amazing. Sorry. Oh, stop, stop. <laughs> but just Your speaking room. those Come words. Of, yeah, we will. We will. We got a few minutes for our session. So let's, uh, oh, okay. <laughs> wow. Uh, hello, Facebook. Hello everybody. <laughs> I'm speechless. Uh, okay, great. Well, that's good stuff. So we're gonna have some questions here coming in in a few moments, but I, y'all have, one of the reasons why your Facebook page sort of took off, not just because y'all are great in the content, but y'all posted a question about friends of the opposite sex. And I want to kind of go back to that because I feel like in our society, that can't be talked about enough. And I want to dial into specifically people who work in professional settings. Mm -hmm. They are being employed by somebody that might put that expectation on them. Hey, I need you to travel somewhere. I need to have a lunch appointment. And uh, how does somebody, a man or a woman sort of come to grips with the fact that I have to do my job, but I'm also having to be alone with somebody of the opposite sex. Go ahead, sweetie. Well, I'll talk about it too. You go ahead. Okay. <laughs> I was hoping she'd go first because it was a tough one and I, I hope that she had the answer. I, I think it, it, it has to come down to respect first, for, first and foremost for your marriage, like that everywhere you are in the workplace, if the people that you work around don't know that you love and respect your spouse, then that's messed up. I think so often we've made the mistake of thinking that marriage is a private relationship and we forget the public aspect of it as well, that you know, if we're not wearing our wedding ring, if we're not um, talking about our spouse in positive terms all the time, uh, if, if, if we're not sharing stories to let people know that like my spouse and I are connected, if we're not talking to our spouse throughout the day and keeping them connected to what's going on, then we're creating a dangerous vacuum at work or wherever we are where some inappropriate emotional relationships that could even cross the line into physical relationships could happen. So I think it starts with respect for your spouse. And then two, it starts with respect and transparency with people of the opposite sex you're working around. Whenever possible, don't be alone. You know, don't go have lunch alone with someone of the opposite sex. Don't go on, you know, car rides alone if you can help it. Now, sometimes, like you said, you're put in a position where um, you, you can't help it. You know, you, you, you ha- you're put in that place and this is part of the job. And in, in those situations, I think that you've got to just go the extra mile to be beyond reproach, um, to be as transparent as possible, to, to not put yourself in a situation where you're alone in these private, intimate situations with someone of the opposite sex, to just make sure that everyone around you at work knows that I'm committed to my spouse. I'm also committed to protecting the reputation of, you know, the other people that I'm with. And, and I, I just want to make sure that I'm communicating that through everything I say and do. 
Absolutely. And I know sometimes when we talk about this, like when we did that initial uh, post on Facebook, we had a lot of angry people commenting and saying, that's ridiculous. We're adults. We should be able to go have lunch with whoever, no matter if they're a man or a woman. But the reason we tell you guys these boundaries is because we have to be beyond reproach because this is what happens. You might reach a point in your marriage where things aren't good. You're not feeling close to your spouse. You guys don't talk regularly. And so what happens is you go to that person at work of the opposite sex because you find them easy to talk to. And you start sharing your heart with that person. And before you know it, you start dressing in a certain way, hoping that other person of the opposite sex will notice. And then you start fantasizing of a life with that other person. And before you know it, that's how affairs happen. It starts emotionally connecting, and then it ends up being physical. And, you know, we share this with you not to just, you know, lay down the hammer and be harsh. We share this with you because we don't want that to happen to your marriage. And we see it happen tragically so many times when we let our guard down. And so out of just the love and respect for your spouse, you know, should be you should be willing to, to have these boundaries in place and to not have, you know, any secret conversations or secret texts or another phone that your spouse doesn't even know you have, or, you know, meet in hotel rooms or anything like that, where you have this secret life, because that's going to break down your marriage. That's good. That's a great answer. I'm glad I asked that question. <laughs> uh, that really helps. I, Cause I do hear both those things, the arguments of, you know, especially the feminist movement, you know, people, women want to be seen as equal on all counterparts. And so if a guy says, I can't go to lunch with you mm-hmm. because you're on the opposite sex, I think for them, they're like, what, what are you, some sort of jerk? I mean, like, what do you think is going to happen? Can all men not control themselves? Yes. They're just going to fall in love with me if I go to lunch? But it's about so much more than that. It's not yes, so much more yes. than that. But in the beyond the church walls, there's a, there is a big swath of people that just that's the way they live their normal daily lives. Right. And when you tell them something like that, like don't have friends of the opposite sex, they're like, I cannot even understand what you're saying right now. Mm-hmm, How right. can I, I have a best friend that's of the opposite sex mm-hmm. and my, my spouse is even okay with it. And so, but what you said was perfect, Ashley. Perfect. Oh. It was perfect. <laughs> you were perfect. Oh, <laughs> Practically perfect. All right. So Eduardo on Facebook says that his wife gets mad at him all the time. He just made a comment. My wife gets mad at me all the time. Hmm. He didn't have a question, but I'm going to, I'm going to turn it into a question. Um, so if, if a guy's out there and his wife's getting mad at him all the time, and you can fill in so many different spaces with so many different things, but mm-hmm. I would probably say that what is something that he can do practically in the immediate future that could kind of turn the temperature in the room around? Are you laughing? <laughs> what, are you, you got something? Because we've probably been there throughout the years. Um, well, I think when, when uh, and we're going to actually talk about this today, So, but we'll share a little nugget of this. When, when you feel like your spouse is always frustrated with you, if, if, if it's a woman, it's usually because she's not feeling adored. She's not feeling like you appreciate her and all that she does for you and the family. Um, she feels like maybe you don't respect her. You know, I would encourage you, Eduardo, really call out those things that you love in your wife and, and really take her off guard with it. And this, and we talk about this too in our sessions, maybe she's feeling overwhelmed. There's something, and it's a real thing. It's called chore play. And you can think about what that means. <laughs> but she might feel like maybe she's having to do everything around the house. I would pitch in and, and don't have her ask you to do it. Like just pitch in and do something and then, and then speak that life to her and telling her how much you appreciate what she does. And I, I promise you, you'll see things turn around. No, that's good. It's perfect. That is. How do, was... I, how do I improve on that? No, that's, that's it's so, so true. I would just say the same things less eloquently than she said it. But uh, keep... Well, I love having you all part of the team. This is great. You'll see more of them in the future, Dave and Ashley Willis, on the Marriage Today channels and what we're doing. I, I hope that you will dive into their resources and their content. It's full of really, really good stuff. 
You can see them in our conferences coming up, Rockford, Rockford, Illinois in the fall, and also, y'all are coming to Rockford, aren't yeah, you? Yeah. Rockford first, we're coming for you, <laughs> in Austin, Texas in the fall. So we have some great resources for you in your marriage, not just from David Ashton, but from my parents, Jimmy and Karen Evans, and other people that we have on the channel. So check it out. It's for you there, and we'll be right back. This year, the EXO Marriage Conference is coming to a city near you. The EXO Tour is a one-of-a-kind live marriage conference bringing couples together in venues across the country. The greatest marriages come from two people who just go through it together and come out on the other side and they win. Hear Jimmy Evans and many other remarkable speakers communicate on how to have a thriving, healthy marriage. Find an EXO Tour location near you and come together with other couples as we unite to strengthen families and start something new in your marriage. Even in the midst of something that you thought, I don't know if we're going to make it through this, when you come together and you lean on God together and you refuse to give up, He can do the miraculous Experience why so many couples call the EXO Tour an unforgettable investment for their marriage. We believe that your family has a bright future. For more information and to register at a city near you, visit exomarriage.com slash tour. Hey, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Dave and Ashley Willis. We love them. They're part of the Marriage Day team. And you can see them at all of our tour stops this year. If you want to join us at one of those tour stops, check out exomarriage.com. We're going all over the country in the next couple of years. You can find out who's speaking, where to go, what the dates are. We would love for y'all to join us this fall. We're going to Rockford, Illinois in September, and then we're going to Austin in October. And then, of course, it's never too late to get excited for 2019. Lots of people do Valentine's weekend, so we'll be at Gateway Church again. It's our largest conference. We'll have a full speaker lineup. Uh, so, again, more information on exomarriage.com. You don't want to wait for the Gateway Conference because we sell out every year. In fact, three weeks before the event, we were sold out and people are on the waiting list. So, And there's great discounts right now. If you go online to exomarriage.com, you can get some early bird discounts that really will save you money. Guys, plan advance. Don't procrastinate. <laughs> Promise right. that's a great, a great time for you and your spouse. Hey, thanks for joining us every week on the Exo Podcast. We love coming to you, talking about marriage. Subscribe to the feed. You can go to exomarriage.com forward slash podcast to subscribe to all of our feeds. Tell your friends about it. And if you like the podcast, give us some five-star ratings. We are asking for five-star ratings uh, if you like the podcast because it helps our rankings. And that's something we always want to put out there just as a food for thought. Hey, thanks so much for joining us here at the Exo Houston Conference in this episode of the podcast. We'll look forward to seeing you next time. Until then, have a great week. <laughs>